الله أكبر الله أكبر Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the Islamic Center at New York University podcast coming to you straight from the heart of New York City. We're building an amazing Muslim community here at ICNYU where everyone is welcomed and respected no matter where you're from or where you're at. This is the place to be. So open your ears and your heart and come along with us on another life-changing journey. Bismillah. Bismillahi walhamdulillah wa salatu wa salam ala rasulillah. Assalamu alaikum everyone. Welcome to this uh, weekly halakha virtually this time. Um, we'll begin in just a second. Let me just pull up my notes. Okay. So today's topic is on the psychological benefits of connecting to the akhirah, to the hereafter, to what is unseen. And you know, I should have actually probably said the title, the psychological benefits of connecting to the unseen, because the akhirah is just one part of what is unseen. The hereafter is just one component of what we don't see, what we're veiled from. And I wanted to talk about this because many times when we're trying to cope with our struggles, we often miss igniting that connection. You know, a lot of times people say, well, what if I don't find meaning from my experience, from my struggle in this world? What if I'm I'm going through it and I don't see what God has in store for me? And the thing is, it's that as Muslims, the, the, there are truths that we are aware of, right? And that there is an akhirah, that this life is, not, is temporary, that it's not permanent. This isn't our permanent destination. And what we miss too is just the immense benefit that we derive, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us when we are so connected to the realities that we don't see with our physical eye. And so I want to start off with a reminder from, um, from Surah Al-Baqarah, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes to us the people who have taqwa. So in the beginning of Surah Al-Baqarah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala first starts off by affirming that this in, in this book, there is no doubt. Right, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim, Alif Lamim, Dalik al Kitabu La Raibafi. Right, there's no doubt in this book. Hudan lil Muttaqin, guidance for those who are conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right, for those who have taqwa. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then describes the people who have taqwa. And the first description before salah, before giving out from what we have, from what we are blessed with, it is so the first description of those who have taqwa is those who believe in the unseen, the ghaib. And this is really important to remember because we know that prayer is going to be the first thing we're asked about. But yet here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us that the people of taqwa, the first description are those who believe in the unseen. Why? Why does the belief of the unseen come before prayer and, and charity and all the good deeds that we are called to do. Because for all of those deeds to be awakened, we need to have a firm belief in what we don't see. So what is unseen? Well, first of all, you know, it's everything that Allah has veiled from us. 
that we cannot see with our with our physical eye. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself, our creator, is veiled from us. We cannot see him physically. I mean, with our with our physical eye. His angels are unseen. That's something we cannot see. You know, shaitan is unseen, but we know he exists. Right? All these truths that we're taught about in the Quran, but we cannot see with our physical eye. And the hereafter is unseen. The day of judgment, heaven and hell are returned to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, that meeting with him that happens in a world that is veiled from us. And so for everything else to come to life, for our prayers to come to life, for our dua to come to life, for our interactions to come to life, for even our tests to come to life, we have to ignite this connection with what is unseen. And I'm telling you, this is something that we are, we really are, we need to increase in, especially in the times we live in today, where religion and belief in the unseen and belief in our meeting with God is something that is negatively looked down upon. Where you, you watch any show in, or movie and the person who has a firm belief in their meeting with God or is, is religious in any sense is usually the person that they bring you with the worst character. You know, and so there is this, um, you know, there's this constant dialogue about religion that is so negative in our world today, where people who believe in God and believe that there's a world after this is almost depicted as, are you really, do you really believe that? <laughs> Come on, I, I thought you were smart. I thought you believed in science. And so we have to be aware of the role that you know, the messages we receive in society that pull us away from these truths that our disconnect from them only hurts us. And I want to, I want to just, you know, talk about how important it is to be connected to these truths. Everything that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has taught, has taught us, you know, him himself, um, the Quran, another truth, his, our meeting with him, you know, the prophets, alayhum salam, the angels, you know, so many times people want to focus on, you know, jinn and, and we don't focus on the angels that we, that each one of us, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala appointed an angel, two angels with us at all times. That there are angels that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends down to protect people. That there are, you know, just angels existing in our presence. And we don't focus on that. That there's an angel on our right writing down every good we do. Right? And there's an angel on our left writing down all the things that we did not do istighfar for but we are given an opportunity to do istighfar for. And so even the Prophet Sallallahu himself, whenever he would get up for tahajjud, he would remind himself of the truths that exist. And I want you to think about this, that who is closer to the truth and more aware of the truth than the Prophet Sallallahu himself. But yet he himself would remind himself and, and, and repeat those truths and reconnect his heart to those truths whenever he would get up in the middle of the night. And so, and there's a hadith that accounts for this, narrated by Ibn Abbas, anhu, the Prophet وسلم, used to invoke Allah at night saying, and I, and I want you to really be present with this. You know, if you found yourself up until now, like, you know, your mind wandering off or, you know, try to always bring yourself back to this present moment. And really be connected to this. So the Prophet ﷺ used to invoke Allah at night saying, Oh Allah, all the praises are for you. You are the Lord of the heavens and the earth. 
all the praises are for you. You are the maintainer of the heavens and the earth and whatever is in them. All the praises are for you. You are the light of the heavens and the earth. And now this is, so he started off his dot. This is a long uh, dot, but he starts off the dot with what? Praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Connecting his heart to his creator. And then he affirms all that is true. He says, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, your word is the truth. Your promise is the truth. The meeting with you is the truth. And paradise is the truth. And the hellfire is the truth. And the hour is the truth. Oh Allah, I surrender to you. And I believe in you. And I depend upon you. And I repent to you. And with you, I stand against my opponents. And to you, I leave the judgment, you know, for those who refuse his message. Oh Allah, forgive me my sins that I did in the past or will do in the future. And also the sins I did in secret or in public. You are my only God and there is no other God for me. Such a beautiful dot. And I really encourage you to connect with it in your own time, you know, again and revisit it. Because it really just shows you the power of affirming these realities in our heart, of remembering who Allah is. If you notice, he started off by, by affirming who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is and, and praising Allah. Oh, Allah, all praise are, are for you. And you're the maintainer of the heavens and the earth, meaning you're the one who cares for everything. You are the greatest, right? And, and remembering these realities that Allah is, is taking care of everything that he has created and then affirming all these truths. So the Prophet ﷺ used to do this consistently because our hearts need truth. And if you've been, you know, part of the Havaka um, from when we resumed this fall, this is something, you know, I've been reiterating a lot. In fact, our first Havaka that we started back with was about, you know, remembering the truth and the importance of being honest with ourselves and the importance of connecting to, to, to truth and prioritizing that if we want to grow. And so our disconnect from these truths affect our ability to connect to other truths. And our disconnect from these truths impact our ability to cope with a lot of the issues we face. Because, for example, you know, even, even when, you, when you go through something and you're disconnected from the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is present with you as you're going through the struggle, it's unseen, but it's the truth. You know, and... And even when it comes to our acts of worship, you know, a lot of times because we're disconnected from these things, we're disconnected from the reality that Allah sees us, that when we actually say Surah Al-Fatiha, that Allah responds back to every verse that we recite in Surah Al-Fatiha. And this is another, another hadith that explains every response of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to, to every verse in the Fatiha that we say, that we recite. You know, when you're connected to that, you're more present in your prayer. And so when we're connected to the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sees us, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hears us, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is with us, when we're connected to the fact that everything that happens to me has meaning in a world that I am veiled from, you know, has everything that I, I go through, every single pain, even a prick of a thorn is a means to, to making me worthy of the most perfect place to, to, to end up in, which is Jannah. 
And, and so it brings, you know, there's a lot of harms of being disconnected from the unseen because you will lack a connection to what you're doing. For example, even intentions. A lot of times people have a hard time setting intentions and being intentional for the sake of Allah because they're disconnected from that. They're disconnected for the, from, the, from the good deeds that they, they can um, receive when they intend for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So one of the harms of being disconnected is lacking a connection to what you're doing less meaning and purpose. You know, you go and you try to derive meaning from a pain you're going through, but sometimes you won't see it. Sometimes you won't know why you're going through a certain test. This is where your connection to the unseen comes from, come, come, has to, has, you know, can help us so much because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, being aware of this reality that he sees it, that this has meaning for us. It's so important in those moments. It removes this amount of pressure we put on our minds to understand everything. And we understand that I might not see something with my physical eye, but my heart can see something that my physical eye cannot see. My heart can be connected to a greater truth that my physical eye cannot see. And that is the ghaib. The ghaib that Allah is always doing things in service of, my, in service of me. That Allah is planning in my favor. That Allah's plan is greater than my plan that I trust in him, right? That's, you could look at something, this is what it means to derive meaning. You know, when you are connected to Al-Ghaib, when you are connected to the unseen, you know that had Allah lifted the veils for you, you would not complain one second because you would see that everything he is doing is in your favor. And so when we are disconnected from the unseen, the world and its troubles become your only reality it becomes so much more magnified than it is. And you become disconnected from Allah's validation of you and your action. You know, when you have this awareness that you have angels with you at all times, when you have this awareness that Allah is with you at all times, you're so much more aware of how validating he is of your experiences. Even when the people don't see, you know Allah sees. Even when the people don't appreciate, you know, Allah appreciates, you know, and you know that you have a goal. You see, you see far beyond this very moment. And that's how the companions were. And that's how the Rasul was, right? And that's what allowed them to get through the most difficult of hardships is that they saw beyond their, their, what they were going through. They saw what they were receiving far, far beyond what they were actually going through. And so, so the harm of, 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 you know, so these are just some of the harms and our acts of worship will not come to life. You know, and so it's really important to, to take time to connect to that reality, to read the verses where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us about Jannah, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us about our meeting with him. You know, I always say that, you know, there's a reason why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us so many details of Jannah. He gives us so many details of the day of judgment of when we meet him. Why? Well, from a psychological point of view, we know that the psychology of visualization from the psychology of visualization is that visualization connects a person's heart so deeply to the reality they want to achieve. So they say, like, if you want to get fit, imagine how you would be after you would reach your goal and spend daily time, you know, visualizing, visualizing your goal. If you want to achieve a certain career success, whatever, whatever goal you're trying to achieve, spend time daily reflecting 
on this goal you're trying to achieve. And they say that the more you visualize, the more that that image of the goal becomes a reality in your heart. You're so connected to it because imagination does that. When you can visualize something, it takes an idea and makes it more, far more real. And so when your heart is connected to something, guess what happens? Then you start acting, you know, in response to that. So they say that you find yourself doing the actions that are take that take you closer to your goal. And then what do we as Muslims always say is our goal? Or whenever someone says, oh, you know, what's, you know, when, when we talk about what's our, our greatest hope, oh, Jannah, 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 right? <laughs> and it is our greatest goal. And so, but how many of us take time to actually visualize that? How many of us take time to really sit with those verses and imagine our meeting with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, where the platform clears and Allah calls you by name and he brings you close, where he shows you your place in, in Jannah, you know, and you're reunited with your loved ones, where everything that you went through has, you see, you see the meaning of it. And, you know, maybe Allah gives you some meaning of it in the dunya, and then you, you see more of it when you go to the, when you go to Jannah. Now, the people of Jannah, when they enter Jannah, they'll be asked about the hardship of this world. And they'll be like, what hardship? <laughs> you know, so how many of us take the time to really connect throughout the Quran? It's not a coincidence. There's a reason why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is constantly connecting us consistently through almost every chapter of the Quran, connecting us to the Akhirah, connecting us to our final destination connecting us to, to a reality that is inevitably everyone's destination. But we disconnect from that. So it does nothing to our heart. And then we go and we make this world our, 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 our entire destination. And so we become more attached. We become, you know, more affected. I'm not saying there isn't pain. I'm not saying there isn't suffering in this world. Of course there is, right? But I'm saying that the way we interact with it changes when you know this isn't your final destination. Your, your, your heart is on a destination far greater. It's almost, I always give this example of like how people act when they're on vacation. You know, when people are on vacation and let's say they're with their family and there's a conflict, for example, a lot of times people say, come on guys, we're on vacation. Let's just maximize if there's a disagreement, come on, guys, we're on vacation. Let's just maximize this time. Let's just try to have a good time. Let's enjoy it. You're, you're much lighter. Do you bring everything to that vacation spot? No, because you know you're only there for a little bit of time. And while you're there, do you buy everything? Do you, do you grab everything that you enjoy? No, you only grab enough for the journey. So everything is put into perspective. But if someone was on vacation, they were buying furniture, wouldn't that be like, you know, it'll be like, come on, why are you carrying all this furniture? We're leaving. <laughs> so that's what happens to us on a mental and emotional level when we're disconnected from the realities Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us about. We begin to carry more than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has asked us to carry emotionally, mentally, personally, right? We begin to take ownership of things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not ask us to take ownership for. And it feels heavier. And our anxiety increases. You know, existential psychology, a branch of psychology 
that approaches our psychological troubles through the lens of existence, you know, people's relationship to their purpose, people's relationship to deriving meaning, people's relationship with the fact that their life is temporary. It says that not coming to terms with our temporary nature and the reality of death increases one's anxiety. And they give an example, and this is not a Muslim approach, it's just an approach that's, that's, that that is saying that for anyone, when someone doesn't understand or does, isn't deeply connected to the fact that their life in this world is temporary, whether they believe in an akhra or not, right? That it increases their anxiety. And they give examples of people who, who received the news that they were going to die. And they say something happens really powerful to these people. To most people, when they get the news that they're, they're just hit with that reality that I'm not, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to leave soon. A reality that was always there, but now they're aware of it so sharply. What happens a lot of times to these people is they begin to declutter so much from their life that was not serving them. It's like an increased awakening that happens that what have I been doing? What have I been carrying? What have I been wasting my time with? What have I been, what have I been stressed about? You know, like, wow, that, that doesn't matter anymore. And they start filtering out. I don't care about this. This doesn't matter anymore. This doesn't matter. No, this matters. <laughs> I need to do more of this. And they say that their anxiety is reduced. They become lighter. They start to maximize their life. And I think this is the key point that I really want to get hope to connect your hearts to is that they become so much more present in their life. They become so much more present because they know that the next moment is not guaranteed. And so this moment becomes the moment that matters the most. And this is how the companions were. They would live their day as if they were not guaranteed the evening. And they would live their evening not uh, knowing and, and, and as if they were not guaranteed the morning. And that's why they did so much. <laughs> they maximized so much and they knew what mattered and what didn't matter in the long span of things. And I want you to try this. I want you to just try connecting your heart to the Akhira. I want you to try connecting your heart to the verses where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells you about his meeting, your meeting with him. I want you to connect your heart to the verses where Allah describes Jannah to you. Go to the Quran. Go to what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said about this life and this nature of this world and the nature of this path. And see what it does to your heart. And then, and then see how it changes how you approach your struggles. Connect to the fact that take time, you know, people, people speak about the power of meditation, the power of sitting and remembering all the affirmations and remembering all that is true. And I, I know those things are powerful from a psychological point of view, but it becomes a hundred times more powerful when that presence becomes with Allah. When we're not just affirming our own truths, we're affirming Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's truths, just as the, as the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa did. You know, and so, um, Another thing also I wanted to mention about some of the harms of disconnecting from the unseen, from the unseen in addition to anxiety is less hope. If this is your only reality and all you see is closed doors, 
all you see is things are not working out in your favor, you are more likely to lose hope. When all you're fixated on is what your physical eye sees. And that's why there's a difference between basar and basira. What your physical eye sees is basar. What the heart sees is a greater sight. It's basira or insight that you can see something with your physical eye and say, you see closed doors and you see, no, this has meaning for me. Allah is planning in my favor. Allah is, this is just a means to me receiving something greater. This is what happened to Yusuf or this is the story of, you know, deriving from these stories of, of the prophets which Allah has told us about so we can derive meaning from our lives, from our experiences, from our tests, because if they were tested with the greatest of tests, it will help us put our tests also in perspective. When we are disconnected from the unseen, so we, we place a burden on our mind and our heart and our body that they were not designed to bear. And so you're, you walk your path feeling heavier, carrying what is not yours, and you are become more mentally scattered. You know, when someone has a goal, any goal just in this dunya, and they're so fixated on that goal, whether it's like, I want to get into medical school. I've seen people who their goal was to get into medical school. They don't let anything interfere with that. <laughs> you know, if I, sorry, can't, can't hang out with you. I need to study for my MCATs. <laughs> sorry, I, I need to do this. Sorry, I need, you know, like, and, or, or like, they're just, they just know what needs to be done to get to their goal. And they know what blocks come in the way of them achieving this goal. And if you think about this, we apply this into so many areas. This truth that I'm trying to connect you to about how we become mentally scattered, how we put a burden on our mind, how we become more anxious, how we lose clarity when we're disconnected from our final goal, our existential goal. We understand this truth in dunya terms. We understand this truth when it comes to our goal to achieve this and that in this dunya. And it's the same. When Allah becomes your, your goal, and when the akhirah, when you know that that's your final destination is with him to go to return to him, you know, you have much more clarity. You're not as scattered. And that's what they say, right? When someone is scattered and they're like kind of like zigzagging and they're like not focused, they say, remember your goal. Remember why you started. <laughs> and you forget who you are. When you, when you disconnect from the unseen, you forget who you are. You forget that you're a spiritual being having a human experience, not a human being. Uh, sorry, you're a spiritual being having a human, experience, a human experience, not a human being having a spiritual experience. So let me say that again. You are a spiritual being having a human experience, not a human being having a spiritual experience. What's the difference? When you're a human being having a spiritual experience, you are, you are walking your path as if your permanent, the permanent version of you is the humanness. And the spiritual, your spiritual, uh, you know, side to you is the experience. It's something you go through. So when you are living this life as if you're a human being having a spiritual experience it's like you're telling yourself constantly that my humanness is what's permanent and my soul is what's temporary but the opposite is actually true 
that our soul is what's per the most permanent part of us. It's what transcends this physical body. It's what transcends this human experience. The experience, what is temporary, is our humanness. It's what you go through. It's not where you stay, and it's not who, what becomes who you are. Our human experience is an experience. An experience is something you go through. It's not something you, you, you becomes your final home. And so when we are disconnected from the unseen, when we're disconnected from our return to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when we're disconnected from the nature of this world and the nature of our path that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has taught us about in the Quran, when we're disconnected from all of these realities, all of these truths that Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam would remind himself constantly of, when we're disconnected from it, we forget who we are. We forget that the most permanent part of us is a soul. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Quran, do not be like those who forgot Allah and he made them forget themselves. Sorry, give me one second. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Quran, do not be like those who forgot Allah and he made them forget themselves. Or in another translation, he made them forget their souls their own souls. There's a connection here. We forget Allah. We forget his truths. We forget the unseen. We forget the realities that he has taught us about. We end up forgetting ourselves. We end up forgetting who we are, where we're from, where we're headed, that this is not our final home. And we forget that we are spiritual beings. And when you forget who you are, you feel a disconnect. You feel scattered. You don't feel grounded. You don't feel at peace. And so it's so important for us to constantly remind ourselves of, of what the realities Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has taught us about. You know, as Rumi says, he says, my soul is from elsewhere and I plan on ending up there. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala increase our certainty of what awaits us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala connect us to him in all times and allow us to be connected to the truths and realities that he has taught us about. And He may he make those realities a reality of our heart so that we can act accordingly and in alignment with those realities. And I'll stop here and then I'll take uh, questions inshallah. So you guys have a Q&A box at the bottom of the screen. You guys could um, submit your questions through there, inshallah. And I'll...
I don't see any questions so far, so I'll just give it another minute. Can you please post the nighttime dot of the Prophet Sassanam? Yes, let me try to find it right now. So I'll just post it in the chat for everyone. Okay, so I'm going to send you guys the link. It's from sunnah.com and um, it's the link to the hadith, the Arabic um, and the translation. Post it in the chat. So we have another question. I feel like negativity always overcomes me. And I always just think of the worst. My mom tells me to say Alhamdulillah all the time, but I struggle and question all the time. Why is this happening? I can't seem to believe in this idea of being tested. I question why. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it it's very hard sometimes to be connected to it when you're in times of pain. And this is why it's, you know, we have to have a direct relationship to what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said. And give us time to really settle into those words and to have our heart connect to those words. You know, we, I feel like, uh, and I'm saying this really carefully because I don't want to discourage anyone from, you know, taking the means to benefit themselves, whether it's going to therapy or doing affirmations or, but everything works hand in hand, right? That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, is, our healer, a shafi, right? And he is, when it comes to physical wounds or emotional wounds, he is the one who, you know, is there for us to access through everything. And so a lot of times we, we seek out the things that benefit us, but we forget to do, to also make sure that we're seeking Allah in the process as well. And that we're not trying to go through the test alone. And so as we, you know, so it's important to seek everything that benefits us holistically. And so a lot of times when people tell us certain things that might not resonate with us, we need to go to Allah directly. We need to, to have that heart-to-heart -heart conversation. We need to sit with his words and, 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 and allow ourselves to have a direct relationship with them. Because yeah, when you're going through pain, somebody doesn't understand the pain. They might just say, well, say, you know, they might understand it. First of all, when you're going through pain and someone says, say, alhamdulillah, that's not really the best kind of um approach in that moment right because people want to feel seen they don't want they don't want to be met they don't want their imperfection to be met with perfection they want someone to make them feel like they're seen they want their emotions to feel validated and so while it's very well and it might be very well intentioned by your mom of course right she wants she just is is giving you what she knows 
um, it's really important for you to see your own struggle and to allow that process to happen where you feel seen by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is why I always say go to Allah's words directly. Go to Allah's words that talk to, to people during times of pain and, and, and to have that direct connection. And also to be honest with Allah, to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for help to allow you, Ya Allah, please help me derive meaning from this period of my life. I'm having a very hard time. Please, please help me get through this. Please help me, um, you know, come out of the stronger. Please help me know the best way to, to cope with this, to handle this. And then of course, seek out all the means that can help you cope with that situation, whether that's therapy, whether that's like, you know, mindfulness techniques, Whatever it is that can that can be of benefit, the Rasul says, "Seek that which benefits you." Okay. Any other questions? Yeah, so how to stop the negative spiral when everything seems to go down the wrong way and you're hit back to back? You know, I really think that it's important to know that you're not meant to handle things alone. And it's important to know that when you feel like you're spiraling, when you feel like you're weak, when you feel like you're fragile, you know, when you feel like, you know, you keep just getting hit with tests and tests, there's nowhere to run but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There's nowhere to go but to Allah. And so take all of that, even if you feel like you hit rock bottom, even if you feel like you are at your weakest, go to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala broken. Take, take that to him. But also, again, you know, negative spiraling and, and, and continuing to go through cycles that are that feel very emotionally overwhelming. This is this calls for, you know, seeking the help to process that, seeking the help to, to make sense of that pain. And that's why, you know, it's really important to seek the means Allah has made available to us, whether it's counseling, whether it's going to somebody, you know, and, and asking for help. It's so important to take the means. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, just like physical wounds, we don't, person could be, could be feeling, you know, let's, let's apply this question to physical wounds or physical health. A person could feel a negative spiral physically. <laughs> They're not going to just prey on it, right? They have to go seek the means. They have to go see why does this keep happening? Why does my body keep negative, you know, spiraling negatively? Why does this issue keep coming back? Why is it that I keep getting hit with one health issue after another health issue? Is something off with my body? I need to figure this out. I need to go to somebody that understands this. But it, it's alongside, I am seeking Allah. I'm taking my pain to Allah. I'm asking him for help as well. Okay. All right. I hope this was helpful. Inshallah, we'll stop here and um, and then we'll continue next time. Inshallah. So we won't be having one next week, but we'll continue right after Thanksgiving break um, in person. Inshallah, and of course for those who can join in on Zoom. Okay. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahabi ajma'in. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. We hope you enjoyed our podcast. If you're inspired by the work that we're doing at the IC and want to help keep it going, subscribe to our podcasts, follow us on social media, donate to help support us at icnyu.org, and most importantly, keep us in your continued du'as. Until next time, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum.